Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to That Time When. Happy 2021! Indeed. Thank you very much for listening to That Time When, the podcast which has listeners who are 10% more intelligent and 13% more attractive than the average person. I am your host. Don't look at me like that. Where have you got these stats from? I don't know. I'm your host for this week, Barnaby King, and joining me as ever is my co-host, Amelia Edwards. Hi. So on this podcast, we like to talk about strange, unusual things happening in history. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of talk a bit about a particular individual, and he comes to mind because of the new year. Okay, how so? Well, at the start of the new year you get some awful stuff happening in the advertising industry. Okay. Uh, if you are like me and you follow Jamila Jamil on any sort of social media thing, she's very outspoken about the fact that lots of people prey on people's vulnerabilities during this time, particularly when it comes to weight. I have had a lot of that NHS diet program yeah. advertised at me. Yeah, suddenly my Facebook targeted ads is full of like these various things to, mm-hmm. hey, this, this running course actually gets you motivated and everything like that. Hey, do you want to do weights in your own home? Exactly, exactly. So, to counter that, I'm going to bring you my own fad diet. Okay. How would you like to be able to eat anything you want, absolutely anything, even if it's not food, (laughs) and weigh no more than 100 pounds, 45 kilos for anyone who matches in that? I mean... That sounds good. I'm a little bit concerned about eating things that aren't actually food. <laughs> Why? That seems perfectly fine to me. <laughs> I mean, no. No, no thanks. <laughs> well, there was this one individual who we're going to be talking about this week who unfortunately had no choice but to have his body act like this, basically. Okay. For we are talking this week about a man that we both know a little bit about... Mm-hmm. Uh, a French man born circa 1772 in rural France near Lyon, mm-hmm. who is known as Terre. Oh, Terre. Yes. Oh, I have heard of Terre. Yes, uh, from a couple of other podcasts we listened to. They've done little bits on him. And mm-hmm. you know what? He's so mad that I thought it would be a good topic for our podcast. <laughs> He's a bit wild, Terre. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those people who's forced to be eccentric by his own body. Yes, he had a medical problem, or at least we can assume that he had a medical problem because there's no way he can be normal. No. Um, that, <laughs> that meant that he was essentially hungry all the time and had an ability to eat just about anything. It sounds like such a pain. Oh, yeah. His life sounds genuinely awful, but we get a good story out of it. So thank you to Rare for what was probably pretty awful for yeah. you. <laughs> there's a... It's, I've just come to mind. There's yeah. another woman... There's a woman at the moment who's got a similar condition who did really? a TED Talk, I think. Oh. Um, effectively, because she got branded by the internet as the ugliest woman in the world. Oh, and I remember did her. this really amazing heartfelt speech yeah. about it. But she has to continually eat and yeah. she can't put on weight. And I think she's blind in one eye as a result of it and things like that. Yes, I do remember that. Well... Terere, from all accounts, was quite an average-looking person, Mm. really. Like, there are a few things that we'll talk about. But anyway, start from the beginning. As I say, born circa 1772. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't know much about his sort of very early childhood um, because, quite frankly, he was 
born to be a nobody, really. Mm. A bad time and place to be born to be a nobody, I reckon. Yeah. In 1770s France. Yeah. Now, the revolution was 1789, I think. 1788, I think, was when it started. Yeah, it's it's, it's around that sort of time. So, yeah, it is definitely a time of upheaval. And, yeah, Yeah. there, there was some bad stuff happening. But... Terere himself, do you know, we're not entirely sure if that's his actual name. I mean, that makes sense. It is weird that he's only got the one name. Yes. Uh, it's theorised that it comes from an expression that was popular at the time, which was bonbon terere. Okay. Which is an expression to mean an explosion. So I, okay, I see your face. Right. I see your face going, why is this guy? Why is this guy bonbon terere? <laughs> Well, I think it's something to do with his unusual physiology. Okay. So before I talk about his life, I'll talk about what he looked like or some of the quirks of his body, shall we say. Okay. I'm assuming he was a reasonably small man if he was 100 pounds. He was quite small, mm-hmm. um, but fairly sort of average looking most parts. I think he, if he was short, he was only a little shorter than average. Fair enough. Although at the time, given that this is people suffering from malnutrition yeah we're talking about french peasants yeah they probably were not very tall anyway because you know malnutrition yeah um so some of the less unusual quirks about him first uh he was known to have unusually soft and fine hair oh he had... who, who sorry who was reporting on this was this ladies being like oh but his hair is very soft <laughs> i think it was descriptions of people trying to sort of work out why he had this unusual appetite okay so... and they were like but damn his hair is no good. i think it was just like well sometimes some uh medical problems can influence how your hair appears yeah, that's fair enough so yeah. i think this is a sort of like if we just like get an exact record plus people wanted to know what he looked like oh sure okay sorry so i just had this image of people stroking him <laughs> no no well, you definitely don't want to do that for reasons that will soon become apparent uh so yes unusually soft and fine hair he had lips so thin that some people have described him as completely lipless Ooh. he had an enormous mouth which was large enough that he could hold a dozen eggs in his <laughs> mouth at once like a labrador yes or like a hamster or something like mm. that as a result as well he had cheeks that were sort of slack yeah uh, and made him look like he had jowls at a very young age okay cool cool he had pretty much permanently stained teeth I don't think that is as a result of his condition. I think that's probably because of all the stuff he was eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he His body was hot to the touch. Okay. Very, very warm. Okay. Um, and it was also said that he stank so bad that he could be smelt from 20 paces away. And... In the 1819 London Medical and Physical Journal, right. he was described as being constantly covered in sweat, and from his body, a vapour arose, sensible to the sight and more so to the smell. Basically, he had visible stink lines. Okay, though so the man is basically a walking radiator, then you put fuel in, you get heat out, yes. and that comes with the smell. Yes. Right. And next, of course, we should talk about his stomach. So I've already already described that Terere was a man who could eat anything. Yeah. And pretty much did. Like, his appetite was enormous. So you'd think initially that such a man would be quite large. But we've already said he only weighs about 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. His stomach, when he hadn't eaten, was slack. 
and had so much excess skin that it was said he could wrap it around himself like a belt. Grim. And yep. that's only when he hasn't eaten, so it extends out when it he's eaten. It extends out. Uh, he was likened to a heavily pregnant woman when okay. he had eaten because his stomach would distend wow. and become incredibly taut. Okay, so we recently watched The Little Prince. <laughs> Okay, I'm waiting to see how this plays in. Is he like the snake that's eaten an elephant like yes. that? Yes, <laughs> actually, yes. There are there are some there are some weird comparisons to Terraire and snakes, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get to later. Uh, the final thing I want to say, and I will only say this briefly, Terraire suffered from chronic diarrhea, as you might expect, and it was said that his poop was fetid beyond all conception. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very sorry for Tourette. Oh, yes. He had a really rough but interesting life. Mm -hmm. So, as I said, we know little of his childhood because he was born to farming peasantry, basically. Cool, cool. Uh, But, unfortunately, when he was 17 years old, his parents kicked him out of their home. Mm. And the reason for this was that he was eating his body weight in beef each day. They must have been relatively wealthy in order to be able to afford a boy's worth of beef every day. Well, I think this is why they kicked him out, because (laughs) they were running out of money and cows. Okay, but like, to put this into perspective, currently, we are in an era where meat is very cheap compared to the 1700s. I don't think that I could afford to buy £100 worth of beef every day. Yeah, so. Yeah. All I'm saying is I think that they're doing pretty... They must be doing reasonably well to even get to a boy's worth of beef. I suppose so. I think that part of it was he was eating their livestock. It wasn't that they were buying it so much. Oh, I see what you mean. And also, he was not just eating, like, cuts of beef. He wasn't eating steak. He Mm -hmm. was eating the entire cow. There was a French horror story from this era, yeah, uh, which was basically about a girl who insisted on eating meat of any kind, yeah, um, and then was eaten by her parents. Oh God! <laughs> um, like to give you an idea about how rare meat was, yeah, like people used to guarantee a chicken in the pot for every peasant family. So, yeah. like the fact he's eating this much meat is just. It is mad. It's bonkers. Yeah, it is mad. It's Thinking about it then, it could well be that this is not actually true and his parents were just dicks. Well, it could be. I mean, I could imagine that he must have eaten an awful lot because he gets into that habit. Yeah. And it must have been kind of hard to raise a child like that. Mm. Especially, so I think this was the king who had offered women a certain amount of money if they managed to produce more than say 16 kids oh wow yeah women used to really try for it because yeah. it was such a big reward oh, but it led, led to this massive amount of poverty yeah and children in poverty at the time because the king wanted soldiers my god like 18th century france is just mad it's insane and <laughs> needs to sort itself out <laughs> well it did well it did <laughs> But well in, done, modern France. Yes. You uh, sorted yourself out. Yeah, it took some horrific things to get it sorted out. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's quite possible that he was just eating anything. And I don't know, maybe when, when they were asked about it afterwards, they were like, this is how much he was eating. So that everyone would go, that's so much meat. How mm. could you? I, I totally understand that you'd have to kick him out. Yeah, I think so. So... Terraire was forced to basically roam around France. And Mm -hmm. throughout his entire life, as you might expect from what we've talked about already, he was pretty much entirely motivated by his hunger. 
Yeah. So he would scavenge for food because he was just always hungry. He couldn't think to do anything else. And as a result, he fell in with a crowd of thieves, outcasts, sex workers, and various ne'er-do-wells. All right. Who were wandering around. And I think they kind of saw him and saw him eating and were kind of like, you're interesting, come with us. Uh, He would join them in begging and stealing uh, to try and get food. Sure. And this band that he was with kind of realized that he was an interesting fellow. Okay. With this man who could eat anything and was always hungry. So they decided to basically set him up as a sideshow. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. We've talked about sideshows before with um, oh, who did, Daniel Lambert. Yes. Although granted, he wasn't really a sideshow. But no. people realised that something would be interesting and they like to display that. Exactly. They can get money from it. Mm-hmm. So they would basically get Terrare to start performing feats of gluttony for crowds. Great. Uh, he would just eat huge amounts of things. Like he would eat whole baskets of apples, dozens of eggs, mm-hmm. wine corks, flint. Oh, uh, yeah. don't do that. Yeah, it's absolutely grim. Uh, there are also some accounts that this was, because this was so fascinating for people, it was a prime opportunity for the rest of the people in this band to pick people's pockets. I mean, that makes <laughs> sense. I would not be focused exactly. on my cash if I was watching this guy <laughs> swallow whole flints. Yeah. It's it's theorised that they were kind of active in an area of Paris uh, around the Pont Neuf Bridge. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is an area that was known to be so seedy at the time <laughs> that Benjamin Franklin refused to cross the bridge there. Whoa. And, and Benjamin Franklin was up to some seedy stuff. Yeah. Even Franklin was like, this is too much. I'm not having any of this. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So... At one of these shows, or possibly it was someone in the band, it's hard to tell, but a snake oil merchant Mm -hmm. started realising that, you know, this would really help his act. Okay, sure. Uh, For those who don't know, snake oil merchants is kind of a catch-all term for people who would sell, like, uh, flim-flam tonics and, like... We're thinking the patent medicine man before yes. it became patent medicine in the US. Absolutely, yeah. They were, they could sell their revitalizing tonics to cure mm. all ills sort of thing. So and we're it, thinking yeah. like in Sweeney Todd the musical, yes. the uh, miracle elixir guy who has his... Pirelli. Pirelli. Who come, Pirelli. Pirelli, who has his... Um, miracle elixir. Like kid come out yeah. at the beginning to do a song. Yes. Yeah, exactly mm. that. So this guy is basically like Therese drawing a crowd. Yeah. I'm doing stuff to do with medicine. This guy's clearly got something wrong with him. Yeah, so... I mean, if you're going to be fascinated by this man, then maybe you start to feel a faint stomach ache and you want to buy <laughs> exactly. whatever this guy is peddling. I also have to say, I think there's like this weird irony in the fact that Terrell falls in with a snake oil merchant. You've already mentioned that he's kind of like a snake himself. Yeah. And snakes were one of his favourite foods. What? Yeah. Apparently snake meat was his favourite. <laughs> Okay, nice. I, I don't nice. know. I don't know what I would think about that. That uh, seems strange. I'm not sure how much meat you'd get off a snake. I think. Okay, so I'm certain I've heard about people eating snakes before. I, I have, but 
Considering this is a guy... He has takes eight snakes. Ah. That's why I've heard about it and thought about it before. But I mean, this is a guy who definitely goes for quantity in his food rather than quality. Granted, yes. But I don't know. Maybe they have like a strong flavour to them. Could be. Could be. Well, anyway... On one of these occasions, uh, while Terrell was performing, mm. he ate something. We don't know what, but it clearly didn't agree with him. <laughs> but the flints were fine. The flints were fine. The apples were fine. Yep. And quite frankly, I find it hard to work out how anyone would know that something didn't agree with him, considering he has permanent stink lines and chronic diarrhea. Yeah. Uh, apparently he would never vomit, though. That's that's a side thing. It's a bit weird, but I, I, anyway. It definitely suggests something's going on with his stomach acid, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But anyway, he ate something and it caused an obstruction. Oh, no. And he passed out okay. while performing. Well, that's how you know that something's going well, on. Yeah. He literally faints. Yeah. So the crowd, and God bless them, because... We've already said this guy is sweaty and stinky mm-hmm. and you've just seen him eat a load of random crap. And these are the lowest people on the Pont Neuf. Yeah. Right. They pick him up and yeah. take him to a doctor. Oh, good. Um, which just bless those people. Yeah. So the doctor realises it's an obstruction and decides to treat him with laxatives because clearly this man is not pooping enough already. <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess, what else are you going to do? I know, because yeah. Because you can't, like, you could do invasive surgery, but then yeah. people would get infected and die, right? Yeah, it's this, the 1700s. This man was a surgeon, but because of that exact reason. Yeah. You want to try laxatives first. Exactly. And it worked. Oh, good. So the obstruction was cleared, Terrell recovered, mm-hmm. and he was so grateful to the doctor that he was going to treat him to a private show. Right. He offered to eat the doctor's watch. No. (laughs) Well, the doctor wasn't too keen on this either. He said that he would absolutely go through with the show as long as Terere agreed that after Terere had swallowed the watch, the surgeon could cut him open to get the watch back out. Yeah, fair. Terere declined. Yeah, no. (laughs) As you say, surgery at this point would basically be a death sentence. I'm not sure anyone would really want to go through with being cut open to get out of watch nowadays either. Yeah. So Terere was basically living this life as an entertainer. Okay. But we've already talked about how at this point France is in a somewhat turbulent time. Yeah, we're coming up to revolution times. Yep, we actually we go through the revolution mm-hmm. and beyond into the war of the first coalition. Okay. So France after the revolution went through a series of different sorts of government. Yeah. At this particular point, uh, I believe we are talking about uh, 1792. Okay. It had a constitutional monarchy. Really? Yes. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Well, a lot of the European powers at that point were not happy about the way France was governing itself. Yeah. And so war broke out. Fair enough, yeah. Terere, either in some sort of feat of patriotism or he was possibly conscripted. Yeah. He joined the French military. Okay. Now, you're obviously thinking... How is this person really going to be a good soldier? I am a little bit. Um, he seems 
focused entirely on his hunger, mm-hmm. which I don't think would make for a great soldier because nope. one of the main features of war in those times, as far as I'm aware from trying to read War and Peace, <laughs> is that, you know, food is a bit rare. Yes. So, yeah, the answer is he was not a good soldier. Okay. He never saw any sort of active service. Okay. What he would do instead was he would offer to trade duties with other soldiers doing their work for them in exchange for their rations. Jesus, okay. Yeah. And he obviously would have to do a lot because these are not substantial rations. No. Yeah. So. Like, no, oh, man. He no. kept busy. He kept busy. But yeah, it was for pretty horrible reasons. Yeah. Um, the officers, though, they did notice that, you know, Terrell was not like, he wasn't like the other boys. <laughs> there was something special about him. And did he- you ever feel like no one really understood you? And, you know, you went through all of your childhood with people just not entirely being like you. You didn't really want to get fit in with the other girls. And that's because... You really wanted to eat absolutely everything in sight, <laughs> including the table. <laughs> you would eat a quarter of a cow a day. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a wild high school like drama I'm, to watch. I'm kind of it. here for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a few things I think would be difficult to do with a film of this type. For one thing, the stink, I think, is really going to be a problem. <laughs> Well, that's why she doesn't fit in with the other girls is is because of the like horrendous, horrendous smell. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. No, but it's okay because she's better than them. Yes, of course. So don't worry. Well, she can she can can eat them. Yes, <laughs> that would be a wild. Thing. Imagine if Mean Girls, but instead of the bus, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan just like disengages her lower jaw <laughs> and eats Regina George. It's amazing. Well, anyway, the officers noticed that he was different, and so he did get special dispensation to be given quadruple rations. Right. But where's the benefit to the army in this? Well, there isn't. Okay. And frankly, rations were not plentiful, even at quadruple size. Yeah. So he eventually had to be admitted to a military hospital because he had extreme exhaustion. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. While he was in hospital... He was still not being fed enough, so he would loot scraps uh, from rubbish bins. Mm. He would eat poultices and... Oh, no. (laughs) Yep, and bandages. Oh, no. Yeah. Surely that would do something hideous to your stomach lining. Well, yes. Yes, and we'll get into that later on. Okay. So two doctors in particular took an interest in Terrer, this man who was eating all their medical supplies. <laughs> okay. that, that is Dr. Corville and Dr. Pierre-Francois Percy. Pierre-Francois? Pierre-Francois. Oh, I love a do- double-barreled French first name. Exactly. Well, they took over Therese's case um, and he was ordered to stay in the hospital so that they could run experiments to work out what the hell was going on with this man. Okay. The experiments were not scientific. He was basically asked to perform like he had done for the crowds on the bridge beforehand. Let's see how many eggs this guy can fit in his mouth. Well, and then let's make notes of it and <laughs> pretend that it's a science I, thing. This is exactly that. Like yeah. it just sounds like they were just like this guy can eat weird things. Let's see exactly what we can make him eat. Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> Isn't isn't that science? Isn't yes, that science absolutely. Works? Yes, that's what we do nowadays. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, dear. So he was generally restrained when food was nearby. Okay. Because otherwise he would just eat it, regardless of what it was or who it was for. Okay. And obviously when you're... Oh, no, he's like when you've got dogs and you don't want them to eat the cat food. Exactly, yeah. So he had to be restrained. There was one time where the doctors uh, prepared a special meal for him Mm. and he was allowed unrestrained access to it. This was a meal consisting of two large meat pies, plates of grease and salt, Mm. and four gallons of milk. To put into context exactly how much food this was, that was a meal that would have fed 15 labourers. Okay. The doctors said, have at it. Yeah. And he did, and he ate the entire thing. A meal for 15 people. He ate it, his stomach distended, and he kind of went into a little food coma for a while. Oh, <laughs> I know, it's kind of adorable. Like a sort of chubby spherical Tourette. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he also uh, underwent psychological examination. Okay. Because what everyone... Was, what was psychology like in France in the late 1700s then? Not great, okay. I'll tell you that. So... Yeah, this is this is one of the reasons that I, I'm I'm a bit skeptical about this next claim. Okay. Because as a result of these examinations, he was given a clean bill of mental health. Right. Like the the only feedback they had was that he was an unusually apathetic person. Okay. But other than that, they were like, he's completely sane. Now, it is possible and probable and likely, and I'm gonna say it is the yeah. case that, you know, they didn't really have much nuance in their psychological examinations. This is pre-Freud. Yeah. I think it was just the fact that, you know, he wasn't, I don't know... He's not actually insane. Exactly. But you don't know... Like, they probably didn't have accurate readings on things like anxiety or depression or any of that kind of thing. Exactly. So I think that's kind of where the catch-all term of him being, like, apathetic... Yeah. Is probably hiding a myriad of problems. Oh, sure. Yeah. So these experiments, the physiological ones, did take on a pretty dark edge. Okay. And if you are of a nervous disposition, if you are apathetic in the 18th century France, Mm -hmm. you might not want to hear what happened. So if you don't... Yeah, if you're squeamish... This stuff does involve animals. Fast forward a bit. He ate a cat. He was given a live cat and he killed it, drank its blood. What? And then ate everything but the bones. Okay. And then later vomited up the fur like a pellet, like an owl, like chucking out a bolus of of a mouse. That's weird. Yeah. That is just... Okay, so he never threw up, right? Nope. But he did throw up this fur. This wasn't vomit. This was just, like, the fur. Are like, you sure he's human? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's drinking blood. He is some sort of vampire or, like, uh, a necrophage from the Witcher series. Okay, drinking blood, odd. Not entirely unhuman. Mm-hmm. The Maasai do that. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. the chucking up the fur that's yeah. getting me. That's so weird, that's right? That's so weird. Yeah. He was given several other animals to eat. Okay. Including lizards, snakes, and puppies. Okay, great. And he was given an eel. Uh, eel! Shout, shout out to Dr. Greenlee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel and like... they were like, 
it's a very English thing to eat. <laughs> well, he was given an eel. He killed it by mm-hmm. crushing its head with his teeth and then opened his mouth and swallowed it whole. Why, though? I think it was just to show he could. I don't think there was really a reason for it. I think he was kind of like, well, these doctors clearly want me to put on a show. I'll give them a bloody show. I guess, but... Okay, do you not feel like maybe part of the reason he was able to eat so much was because he was just swallowing stuff down? Like, you know, if you chew things, you tend to feel full a little bit faster? Well, I think that was... I mean, the the fact that it is specifically mentioned that he swallowed it whole, I don't think that was a common occurrence, although he definitely had the capacity for it. We'll talk about that later. All right. So... At this point, it's been a bit of time. Mm-hmm. He's no longer suffering from the extreme exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And the military are kind of like, we want him to be a soldier again because, you know, we want lots of soldiers. Yeah. So they tried to get the doctors to release him back into active service. And the doctors were like, no. Okay. For a couple of reasons. Firstly, they were clearly having a good time just chucking stuff at this man and seeing what he'll eat. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be pretty sad being an army doctor in yeah. a time of extreme war. So yeah. if you've got someone you can just throw things at to consume, then why not? Yeah. So the doctors, and it's possibly a bit out of care for Terrera as well, because he's clearly not fit for military service. Oh. Uh, they decide to speak with the officers and suggest a new sort of course for the experiments to take. Okay. A much more military course. Okay. And that was to make Terrare a spy. Right. It's so obvious. Yep. He's such an obvious person. Yep. Well, they clearly didn't think of that, but they did think, you know, here's a man who can basically store any amount of stuff in his stomach. Right. So he was given a box. And in this box, there were letters, which he was told contained uh, information vital to the war effort. Okay. He was to eat the box. Right. Go into Prussia. Right. Poop out the box. Okay. And give it to a French operative who was working there covertly. That poor French operative. right? Even hey, if you clean Pierre, it. Yeah, we've got this poop box. For you. <laughs> and even if you clean it, like we already know how bad his poop stinks. Like yeah. you're not cleaning that out of a wooden box. No. <laughs> no. So um He agreed to this. Sure, I guess. Like it it sounds like an interesting thing to do. I mean, yeah, I think it was more the fact that he was bribed. Okay, sure. He was bribed by <laughs> Was it food? It was food. Was it food? Well, it was barely food. Okay. Was it more plates of grease and salt? No. Okay. A wheelbarrow was brought out to him. He didn't eat the wheelbarrow. I'll stop you there. I saw your face. Right. He did not eat the wheelbarrow. The wheelbarrow was full of 30 pounds of bullocks, lungs, and livers. Basically, he got 30 pounds of cow offal. Delicious. Raw. Okay. He ate it immediately in front of the assembled generals. Who at this point, you've got to think, are kind of going, this isn't worth it, is it? (laughs) This is not a good idea (laughs) to send this man to be a spy. Oh. Oh, man. (laughs) Sorry. You're right. Yeah, it's... It's a rough one. It's... Oh, just... 
you feel like he's got so into the habit of showing off stuff that he's forgotten what food is. Yeah. It does seem that way, doesn't it? You know, I've started doing this mindfulness thing and I have, <laughs> I have to eat food mindfully every day, six right. days of, we- of the week. Um, and just, I, I just think he needed more mindfulness in his life, you know, to take a moment to savor things and maybe get them cooked. I, I don't think that's really going to do much. Maybe it'll help a little, but yeah. seriously, a ter- no, okay. no. Well, despite what I would imagine would be some misgivings, having just seen this man snarf <laughs> down 30 pounds of raw cow organs. That's like a third of his weight. Yep. Oh, God. He was sent off. Okay. And he was a terrible spy. Well, yes, obviously he was. <laughs> he was literally steaming. <laughs> yes. He was very obvious. Yeah. Like, physically, there were, like, characteristics that you could see. His mm-hmm. big jowly face, mm-hmm. his slack belt of flesh around his stomach. Uh, did he speak any German? He spoke not a word of German. Okay. <laughs> which was one of the main reasons that, you know, he was immediately captured. Yeah. He was taken to a military prison and he was tortured. Oh. Yeah. Uh, in order to get information out of him as to what the hell he was doing there. Because, yeah. like, this really obvious spy turns up. You're like... It, it just sounds like a Coen Brothers film, doesn't it? It really like, does. You could just imagine these, like, German officers being like, what is this man doing here, though? Yeah. He's so obviously a spy that he can't possibly be a spy. I mean, I think that was why they were so keen to get information out of him. It's like, there's clearly something going on here. Yeah. So, as I said, he was held and he was tortured and he resisted at first, but mm-hmm. this is a man who's had no sort of, like, training for this. No. No experience of this. So... After, I think, just under a day, he cracks and he tells them he's eaten a box. Fair enough. (laughs) I don't know at what point they believed him, because that's such a mad thing to hear. Well, okay, so what, did you say this was like the best part of a day, maybe? Yeah. So he's only eaten a third of his body weight in cow today, so maybe, you know, at one point he starts to faint from lack of food and they're like, oh, maybe this man has eaten a box. (laughs) Well, clearly they did believe him because he was then chained to a toilet. Great. And basically left there until he passed the box. Uh, That happened 30 hours after he first swallowed it. Oh, jeez. He pooped it out. Yep. And then immediately tried to eat it again to hide the covert information. Oh, don't do that. Yep. The Prussians got it away from him before yeah. he could eat it. And those poor soldiers. Like, yeah. your job is to stop a man eating a poop box. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is your life at that point? Out of a non-flushing toilet as yeah. well. That's got to be full of diarrhea. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's get past that. Oh, man. Well... The sad part really comes now because they open up the box and discover that the letters inside are just blank bits of scrap paper. Damn. Because the military was basically doing this as a trial run to see how well Terrell could work as a spy. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it is actually some sensible thinking. But man, if you're Terrell, you've got to feel betrayed because you've just spent a day being tortured Yeah. because you like refused to give away these covert secrets. And it's like... I could have oh, yeah. just, like, pooped it out and then just given it to them right away. Yeah. Well, the Prussians were angry as well. Yeah. Because, you know, 
Not only have they got to be around Tered, you've got soldiers who had to get the poop box from him. Yep. And then they feel like they've been tricked. So they beat him some more and then perform a mock execution. What? Yeah. Basically, they took him to a gallows. Right. Like, beat him up a bit. Yeah. Put a noose around his neck, went through the whole rigmarole, and then just as they're about to hang him, they're like, nah, we're not going to do it. That's just mean-spirited, isn't it? I mean, it is. The purpose of it, it, like, the reason that they would do these sorts of things was to traumatize people. Yeah. Because... So that they wouldn't try and be spies again, I guess. Yeah. So they basically traumatize them and send them back to France or, like, to the opposite side. Because this is quite a common tactic, really. Because if you can traumatize someone and send them back, not only are they not capable of being a soldier or a spy, but also they're going to kind of be a warning to other people. Yeah. So they send Terer back, and Terer, of course, is utterly miserable. Yeah. As you would expect. So when he gets back, he's like, right, I want to be normal now. I want to be cured. Okay. So he begs Dr. Percy, Dr. Pierre-Francois Percy, Mm -hmm. to cure him. Rather than just, you know, run more experiments. It's like, instead of trying to feed me more stuff that I've already eaten, (laughs) could we just, you know... Could you do your job? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dr. Percy agreed and seemed to actually try something now. But frankly, doctoring in 18th century France is not good. No. So the treatments were, he was given laudanum. Cool, cool. Pretty standard. He was given wine vinegar to drink. Okay. He was given tobacco pills to swallow. And okay. they also tried him on a diet of nothing but soft boiled eggs. Oh, man, no. Yeah. I mean, the there's. Smell, the smell. <laughs> so many reasons for that to be a no. Obviously, none of these treatments helped. No. I, I can see the sense in some of them. Yeah. Like, I guess they knew that tobacco, when you smoke it, it reduces your appetite. Yeah. So. taking tobacco makes sense it feels like like you can see there are certain like logical conclusions but it's based more on like that sounds like it'll work rather than we know this will work well like i said none of these helped and terere became kind of like a figure from a horror film on the ward okay patients who had undergone bloodletting by their mm. doctors would sometimes find Terer creeping up to them in the night in order to suck blood from them. What? Yeah. Like, could you imagine anything more terrifying? Well, this gaunt, jowly man, like, suddenly approaching you. Yeah. No. In the dark, no. and then suddenly just drinks blood from your arm or something. Oh, God. Yeah. He also uh, was able to break into the mortuary mm-hmm. and he was found eating cadavers great yeah it's pretty grim he uh would forage in bins which is back to his old habits oh, yeah, yeah. and fight with stray dogs over scraps oh man yeah but during all this time dr percy was still like you know we're trying to cure him mm-hmm. we're working it out just let us stick with it and the military was kind of like all right just yeah do what you can But it got to a point that even Dr. Percy couldn't defend him anymore because in the hospital, there was a 14-month-old child who disappeared. Oh, Jesus. There was no other explanation that could be found Mm -hmm. other than that Terere had eaten the child. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So 
Either unable to or unwilling to defend him anymore, Dr. Percy gave up and the hospital staff chased Terere out of the hospital. Okay. It's pretty grim. That is horrible. Yeah, it's really nasty. Um, This may be nastier than your... uh, Elizabeth Bathory episode. Do you know what? At least with Elizabeth Bathory, we don't know if it happened. That's true, yeah. This definitely happened. Yeah. Well, Terere, clearly upset by everything and possibly having eaten a baby, Mm -hmm. disappears. And for four years, we know nothing about his activities. Okay. In 1798, Monsieur Tessier of Versailles Hospital gets in touch with Dr. Percy because a patient has appeared, who is asking specifically for Dr. Pierre-Francois Percy to help him. Okay. And this patient was Terere. Okay. Terere was dying. All right. He he claimed he was dying as a result of having eaten, two years ago, having eaten a golden fork. And he believed it was still inside him and it was killing him. Okay. Don't know why. Don't know what the logic is there. Why would that be the thing to do it? I think at this point, Therese's mind is going a bit because Dr. Percy turns up and diagnoses Therese with advanced tuberculosis. Okay, right. Yeah. So that is the thing that was killing him and eventually did kill him. So he was 26. What? Yeah. Sorry, 26? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Therese did not live long, as one might expect. Mm. Yeah. That's not quite the end of the story, though. Very few doctors wanted to have anything to do with autopsying uh, mm-hmm. Terere. But Monsieur Tessier was, at this point, really interested in this. Yeah. And had it conducted regardless. So firstly, I'll say they didn't find a fork. Okay. Golden yeah. or otherwise. Like, I don't get why... Maybe because he thought it would be, like, prongs? I don't... I, I imagine so. Like, maybe he was feeling a stabbing pain. I don't really yeah. know the symptoms of tuberculosis have, very well. I have no idea, apart from the fact it makes you cough up blood, but maybe he thought that was coming from his Maybe, stomach. yeah. Well, there were a number of anomalies in Therese's body. Okay. And again, these are gross. Okay, good. So, least gross one first. Okay. Therese's esophagus was large enough that they could open his mouth, tilt his head back, and see down his throat into his stomach. That is wild. Yeah. But does make a lot of sense with, like, the eel dropping. Exactly, yeah. His stomach was completely lined with ulcers. Makes sense. Yep. His liver and his gallbladder were both abnormally large. Mm -hmm. And he was generally found to be filled with pus. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Now, could be the tuberculosis. Yep. Could just be, I don't know, this man's body is just so broken. I guess if you've got all these sort of sores on your insides yeah. from eating wild stuff. Yeah. Then, yeah? Yeah. So that kind of brings the story of Terere to a gross end. Great. But one of the things that obviously comes as a result of this story is you kind of want to know... What the hell was going on? What was wrong with this man? Yeah. Unfortunately, we're likely never going to know the actual answer because we're basing it on various accounts, some yeah. of which are of questionable... Yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Truth? Veracity? Veracity. Yeah. Uh, well, either way, they're questionable. Yeah. Um, and also, doctors at the time didn't exactly make notes that would be useful for 
a modern day doctor, for instance. But even so, there are some theories as to what was wrong with Therese. Okay. One of the most popular ones that's often mentioned is hypothyroidism. Yeah, okay. Therese does exhibit some symptoms, like an enhanced appetite, uh, the heat as well mm-hmm. uh, from his body, and thinning hair. Okay. Or like very soft, fine hair is apparently one of the symptoms, but... Oh. He doesn't exhibit enough of a symptoms in many doctors' opinions to really be considered this. Yeah. Um, There are other propositions, including uh, either damage or, like, defects to to parts of his brain. Okay. Uh, There is a suggestion that he may have had something wrong with his amygdala. Okay. Because we, we kind of get this because it's been observed in modern day patients... Uh, who have damage to the amygdala, that they can suffer from a condition known as polyphagia. Okay, what's polyphagia? Well, polyphagia basically means to eat everything. Oh, or right. to eat lots of stuff. Like mm-hmm. poly, meaning many, and phagia is eating. Okay. So just eating a lot. Right. Uh, so it's one possibility, damage to the amygdala. There is... Another possibility to do with his brain, which is that he might have had an abnormally large hypothalamus instead. Okay. What does the hypothalamus do? The hypothalamus, uh, it regulates the body's temperature and is responsible for causing the sensation of hunger, oh. among some other things. But obviously these are our two like main symptoms that we're looking at here. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's also that he had a case of pica. Mm-hmm. which is a condition that causes people to try and eat inedible things. Yeah, I've heard of pica. Yeah. Yeah. There is another theory as well, and I don't know how this would work since they did autopsy him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a theory, because of him habitually eating raw meat, and because he would eat lots of food and not gain weight, mm-hmm. that he was nurturing some sort of parasite inside him, or possibly many parasites. Okay. Because that is a symptom of people with things like tapeworms is eating a lot of food yeah. and not gaining weight because, you know, you're not nourishing yourself. You're nourishing the yeah. the tapeworm or the hookworm or roundworm or whatever. But you feel like the doctors would have noticed tapeworms. Exactly. I, I'm kind of wondering if perhaps he, when he died, he had done something to expel the parasites and this is what would, like... Kind of like, maybe they were holding him together or something. <laughs> what, against TB? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Maybe the TB caused him to evacuate the parasites. Well, could be. Um, I'm wondering if he just had something like hypothyroidism or mm. similar, um, but then the fact that he was doing all this sideshow nonsense and living in a kind of very unhealthy time yeah. made everything just worse. I think so. I think there are definitely many factors at play and I doubt we'd ever really get one condition that's going to fully explain everything to do with Therese. Not least because, as you say, there are environmental factors to look at here. Um, And it's clearly something that is around a bit more because there is a less famous individual by the name of Charles Domery who was in France at the same sort of time, a little bit later than Therese, who suffered from something... Not quite the same, but it was it was similar mm. uh, in that he would like eat a lot of stuff uh, that was inedible. I believe he had uh, 
like was known to run very warm. Okay. I don't think he had some of the other symptoms, but he was compared to it. He, I do know one of these stories is that he was, when he was hungry, Charles Domery would go out into fields and graze. Well, like a cow. Like a cow. Because that was the only way he could like get enough food. He was known to apparently hate vegetables. Um, so perhaps this was just his body trying to get some greenery. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Yes, this is it. He was known to eat four to five pounds of grass a day if he couldn't find any other food. Whoa, okay. So he's definitely trying to just fill up his stomach there. Yeah. And he exhibited some of the other sort of symptoms that Terre had. Uh, He saw service in the war as well. Mm -hmm. And he was serving on a ship and a crew member was hit by cannon fire. It blew his leg off. And Charles Domery tried to eat the leg. Yep, that makes sense. Yep. The crew wrestled the leg away from him, apparently. Well done, crew. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, he also, in 1799, uh, Domery was captured by British forces. Okay. And he kind of set up his own little sideshow for them. Uh, he would eat 10 times the usual rations. Right. Uh, he would eat the candles. Okay. He ate the prison cat and at least 20 rats. Wow. Yeah. I mean, do you think there's just something going on in rural France at this time? You've got to kind of suspect that there is something there because you don't get to this level without... Like, you don't get multiple people with this condition without kind of going, hang on, something's in the water. (laughs) Like, why aren't there British people or German people with the same thing? Is it something about being poor in rural France that's doing it? Or is it just coincidental? Or were people making more records in France? Like, Any of these are a possibility. I think part of it is down to the fact that France had been going through such turmoil at the time Mm. that nutrition is basically non-existent that conditions are awful for many people i think there are Mm. so many things that can like add together to just make life just terrible i think the french at this time were particularly known for their level of poverty like this was the era when um and escargot started to be eaten Ah, because of the level of poverty yeah that meant that snails and frogs legs became something that you would want yeah on your day-to-day life and then people realize that actually they're pretty good yeah so who knows i mean like i said we're not really ever going to know the full answer we can theorize about it and Mm -hmm. there are some people who've written some very interesting articles sort of going into the detail about how the amygdala like uh damage to it could cause this sort of behavior okay um and it's worth checking those out if you're interested but like most of you i think i'm a bit grossed out from terrain right now yeah so i'm gonna say thank you very much for listening to this <laughs> disgusting episode of that time when thank you so much for bearing with us um, <laughs> We will resume normal programming (laughs) next week. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronist, and any other music that I might have put in here. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at that time when four. If you give us a mention, we'll give you a little shout out on the show. Uh, And if you want to suggest any possible topics, you can email us at ttwpod at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening. Bye.